Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi award winning Niall Boylan Show. But it's that time of the night when we like to chat to interesting people. And as I said before, you never know who we might chat with. We cover everything, the good, the bad, and the ugly. But you really don't get badder or worse than a neo-Nazi. Yup, you heard it right. Our next guest is not a current neo-Nazi, but rather a former one. Alex or Axel uh, Reitz was a leading neo-Nazi in Germany and shaped the extreme right-wing movement for many years. So much so, he was actually called the Hitler of Cologne. Ten years ago, he left the movement, realised how wrong his life went, and re-socialised with the help of the church and a government programme. Now he works as a consultant speaker and anti-violence trainer to prevent others, especially young people, from making the same mistakes that he made in his former life. Sounds fascinating? It absolutely does. Welcome to the show, Axel. Oh, sorry, wrong, wrong fader. Axel, are you there? Sorry about that. Sorry, uh, you didn't understand me. Uh, I, I said I'm glad that I um, that you have me on the show. <laughs> you're, you're quite welcome. Now, let me go back to, I suppose, when it all started. I'm assuming you got just mixed up with the wrong crowd when you were younger, because at that time we wouldn't have really had social media. So it would have been just word of mouth, and you kind of got mixed up with the wrong people. I assume that's just how it started. Yeah, that's, that's right, but um, it wasn't so that I got fished up from the wrong people. I searched the wrong people because something happened to me. I have to explain, uh, in my childhood, um, my father was a real dictator. Yeah, When mm. he said, the sky is red, I could bring him the entire NASA, and he would still say, ah, they don't have a clue. I'm the one in charge, I know better, and the sky is red, and you have to shut up. And that made something with me. And uh, I was uh, very often triggered when I had the, the, in my mind that somebody is talking over my head and tells me how things are without hearing what I have to say to it. And this happened to me in school. I was a very good uh, pupil in, in all the the classes where you have a good talking, like uh, history, religion, uh, politics. And my politics teacher, he made um, the suggestion that we should learn from the peak how dem democracy and the parliament um, is functioning. Mm -hmm. And they said, okay, to, to teach you this, not only in theory, but uh, to do it yourself, you are uh, scheduled to, to make a youth parliament. And we were 12, 13 at that time, and you guess uh, no, no uh, buddy within that age mm. has a clue about politics, no. uh, especially when it comes to, to parties and something. And so uh, I got the task to organize all the programs from the little parties. We have a lot in Germany, um, but we have um, a restriction in the parliament. You have to get 5% uh, of the voters to get into the parliament or you stay out. And you, you can imagine many, many little parties stay out. And so my uh, fellow uh, school comrades and I are able to understand how diverse is the political scene. Um, it was my task to organize all the programs. 
and I did that uh, with great enthusiasm. Yeah. And I had well, I had very curious parties uh, under all this the stuff I organized. There was a German beer drinker party, uh, which its only task was to <laughs> to drink a lot of beer. Very very silly and um, sounds very sounds very German to me, mind you. But yeah, yes, very very German. Very yeah. yeah. There was all the other other very German parties like the Bavarian party, uh, who wanted to exclude Bavaria from the rest of Germany. I was in I was in Bavaria many years ago. What a beautiful place! I was in a place called Ruppolding, which I believe, by the way, is Hitler was Hitler's holiday home, um, and oh. it's a beautiful place. It's down at the base of the Alps, and the people there are quite. Um, their culture is so different to Germany. I mean, they wear the Lederhosen all the time. They, they, they're very traditional in their views, and they insist they are not German. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's perfectly right. Yeah, you, you even have the problem, uh, it depends on which part from Bavaria you come. When you come from uh, Franken, yeah, Nuremberg, and so on, they, they say, oh, you're not a real Bavarian, yeah, because the guys around Munich and so say they are the top Bavarians, yeah? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so well, I, I don't have too much time, so we want to get into how you gravitated towards what would be classed now as the extreme right wing. So who put these ideals into your head? Like, firstly, was your father, would he have been racist? Would he have discriminated? Would he have been uh, homophobic? I mean, was he any of these kind of right, did he have right wing traits? Absolutely not. Uh, my, my father was a strictly conservative. Yeah, he, he was uh, a Christian Democrat, and everything which was radical or revolutionary was nothing for him. He, he rejected that all. Yeah, he, he doesn't put anything in my, my mind. Mm -hmm. And um, the, the ideas came when my, my teacher, as, uh, as I explained, when I made all the programs um, and, and uh, showed them, she said, oh, actually, you had done good. Yeah, you, you became an, an A+. Plus. But uh, the, the right-wing parties, we don't show them. And I said, why not? They uh, can be voted for. They are not forbidden. Uh, why the heck uh, do you want to, to censor them? And that made me angry because it reminded me on how my father was treating me because my teacher said, shut up. I don't discuss that, and I don't show these parties here. And um, he he trashed it in the can, the the leaflets from these mm -hmm. parties, and that triggered me. And uh, yeah, I went to my father and told him what happened, and he said, "Ah, your teacher done right. Uh, these these parties are not good, and now leave me alone and mind your own business." But yeah, I okay. had questions. I I couldn't realize uh, at that young age, at thirteen. What is so bad with these parties? What's wrong with them? And why aren't they allowed, like anybody else, to show what they stand for? And so I contacted the parties again, and one of the, the parties um, invited me to a meeting in Cologne. And, there and how, I, old, how old were you when you went to that meeting? I was uh, 13. I was wow. 13. Okay. Very, very green behind my ears. Yeah, of course, yeah. like uh, a sponge. You would have been like a sponge for information, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes, and and so I, I went there. I was, uh, you can imagine, I was curious, but I was also a little bit afraid because uh, I couldn't tell. Oh, what people are there? Will they harm you? Are they bad people? And uh, the the people I met there were normal people. 
Yeah, they, they weren't skinhead, they weren't brown shirt uh, people. They were normal people you, you could see every day in your business at the bank account or at the supermarket. And um, when I went there, it was kind of boring. They were talking about uh, what's happening and where's the next uh, uh, struggle we have and, and uh, the next Wahlkampf, the next rally for, for Parliament and so on. And it was kind of boring until the evening ended and uh, I was introduced. Yeah, the, the guy in charge who said, eh, we have young, young people here. He's uh, not like uh, anybody else. He makes himself um, uh, own picture and he did not want that we get censored like all the time it's happening to us. And yeah, now I was standing there, 13 years old, green behind the ears, and uh, yeah, around 30, 40 people applauded me and and came to me and say, hey, it's great that you are here and, and you're much more Yeah, that, that made you feel good. That made you feel a little bit powerful at 13, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it was it was a love bombing um, yeah. Uh, called. Yeah, they, they, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a little short person, but when I went out that evening, I felt myself like uh, two meters high, yeah? I, yeah. I, I, was, I want yeah. more, I want more of this. Yeah, this is good. I like yeah. this feeling, yeah. Yes, yes, the feeling was it, and the feeling was it what hooked me up. Yeah, you know, it, it uh, was not from interest for me what these people were telling, what was from interest for me that they took care of me. Yeah, they, they told me what you think, what you, you want to know is important. They were not like my father or my teacher who said, shut the fuck up and go your own way. Yeah, they said, it's important what you say, and, yeah. and we are here for you. Huh? So they listened. And, and okay, so, so moving on, and when, at what point, I suppose, did you consider yourself? Because unfortunately, we would love to have a long time to talk to you because it's a really interesting story. But what, what point did you feel that you were fully developed as a neo Nazi or considered yourself a neo Nazi? Um, and you would have had all of this hatred inside you. At what point were you kind of 16, 17 years of age at that stage? No, no, it, it happened very, very fast. Oh, okay. I was, I was 13 when I joined the national movement, and uh, at around that time when I became 14, um, 15, I called myself a national socialist. Yeah? I believed I, um, I'm living in a system which is built on lies and um, is, is controlled by people who want to harm Germany, who want to replace the German people. And I, I was very ill in my head, yeah, I was very crazy. But at that moment, it uh, sounded for me totally logical, mm. yeah, because now I was under, under, um, 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 and sometimes I'm struggling for the right. No, word. no, you're doing really well. You're doing really well. Uh, under a glass, I, I yes. was under glass, and um, uh, every time with uh, the the same people are telling you the same things, and everything what came from the other side, which would open my eyes and could say, "Hey, they're lying to you, and that's not true, and and uh, that's not right." What yeah, it was essentially you. essentially so you were weird. indoctrinated. You were kind of indoctrinated into this way of thinking. Because you were yeah. quite young. And I suppose in Germany, more so than anywhere else in the world, this would be, you know, I, I'm not going to say quite normal for people to, to look down upon people like that, but it's quite dangerous because, of course, Germany has its own history 
uh, and even the word Nazi, you know, sends shudders down people's spine, you know, when we think of the word Nazi. But just people who think like that, you know, they almost carry that like a badge. Yes, yeah, that's that's the problem with it, yeah. Normally, someone would stay aside and would say, wow, look, look at what you do and look how the people react to you and that's not good and, and you don't have a fortune and you're ruining your life and you're doing a lot of damage to society, to your own family. But when you are in such a structure and when you are indoctrinated and when you are radicalized, you wear it like a badge of honor. I, I was proud of it. I said, I'm standing here, I'm, I'm only one of a few and the rest is stupid, and the rest is bored, and the rest don't know what's happening, but I do, and I will tell them if they want to hear it or not. And the more pressure I became, yeah, I was, I was attacked from left-wing radicals, I was persecuted, I was two years in jail, the more I felt I'm doing the right thing. This only happens to me because I'm a danger, my, my um, kind of view, my politics are a danger to the guys in charge, and the guys in charge now persecute me and now uh, battling and me. When we talk about your politics, would you, you were racist, I assume? Um, yeah, sure, sure. I was, I was very racist. I said uh, German is only who has German parents, and uh, German uh, can't be anybody else who comes into our land. And uh, so I wanted a clean Europe, a clean German, and I was a kind, um, yeah, I, I, never, I never said I'm a superior because I'm German, but I said every kind of people have their own place where they belong. Yeah, and as long as they belong there, everything is fine. And at the moment when the people try to mix up, and leave their place where they have to stay, the problem begins. That was my kind of thinking. And how did you get the title, the Hitler of Cologne? Because that was your title. Well, that was your, you were known as the Hitler of Cologne because you were a kind of key figure. You were a central figure. For people who don't realize the importance of you, you were a central figure in the German neo-Nazi scene. How did you get that title? Yeah, but I, I did everything to earn it. Yeah, I was never proud of it. I never called myself Hitler of Cologne. It was the media who said that's the Hitler of Cologne when when uh, I made rallies and so on. But uh, yeah, when when you look at all pictures from me, I don't know if you have uh, um, done it. Um, you will see yeah, I've seen a them. little guy who looks like uh, a little Hitler. Yeah, yeah waving like, waving a swastika. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was very silly. It was like a, a cosplay. Yeah, but I was there with a brown shirt, with a, um, a big leather coat, and um, yeah, I, I um, was making uh, talks at my rallies. Who reminded Hitler and Goebbels? And so it was. Yeah, I, I earned that tittle. And mm. uh, I'm and were you violent? Were you violent, Axel? I I was a verbal. Um, um, mm. Criminal, yeah. I, I never hurt people with my fists. I did it with my words. Yeah. yeah. When I was standing there and uh, telling, "Ah, oh, these are the enemies of the people. We have to to destroy them, and they can't get in our way." I was, uh, yeah, I was violent, but with my words. Okay. Okay. And, and I'm assuming it hurt a lot of people in the process uh, throughout your time, and I'm sure you reflect back on that now. Um, I I suppose when did you get to a point where? you realized you had gone too far in your extremism? 
you, you see, for, for a storytelling, it would be great when I could tell you, ah, you know, and um, yeah, at one evening I was sitting at the Rhine and I was a little bit depressed. And then I met Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah, a strong black Jewish feminist woman, and I fell in love with her, and suddenly I realized uh, <laughs> I've been horribly wrong. But this this doesn't happen. Yeah, it would be a great story, but it wouldn't be true. And I can tell you one thing that changed my mind because it takes a very long time to realize what have you done to take responsibility for your actions not to point with your finger to others and say, ah, oh, they're responsible and I was a victim. No, you, you have to realize um, that you are not a victim, uh, that you are the one uh, who did all these things without anybody forcing you to it. And, um, yeah, what made my mind change was not one thing. It was a lot of things you, you realize very quickly in this structure, which is full of hate, full of violence, full of yeah, uh, fighting among each other, that this is different from that what you seek. When, when you are a National Socialist and you come into the scene as a young guy, you think, wow, we're all comrades and we all stick together, we're like brothers, and oh, wow, we want a better Germany, no criminal can I Can I ask you a question? Sorry. Did you look up to Hitler? Yeah, Did you, yeah. you admired him? Yeah, I, I admired Hitler. Hitler uh, was, was the Führer, he was the leader, he was the guy who tried to give the world something special in my twisted mind at that time, and he was the leader. I was... Uh, and the fact, the fact that he was responsible for the death of six million Jews didn't even enter into your head. That didn't matter. No, no. Um, we, we, um, we said it didn't happen. Yeah, it was, was a cheap way, but we said, oh, that's all lies. That's lies from the guys who want uh, not that so you So you were a Holocaust denier on top of yeah, all I of this. Denier, yeah, yeah, I was, I was a Holocaust denier, yeah. And which, I, by the way, for people who don't know, is illegal, by the way, in Germany and in many other countries in the world. It's illegal to be a denier. Did you go to jail for being a Holocaust denier? No, not, not for that. When, when somebody asked me, I always told her, uh, I'm sorry, I can't talk about it. Uh, the law prohibits it. I was not my, my fight to, to deny the Holocaust, but I was uh, as a rebel rouser, I guess is the right word, yeah. uh, for speeches I made, for anti-Semitic and resist, uh, uh, resistic speeches. Okay. I gave go to jail for two years. So, so back to this, it wasn't a moment where you met Whoopi Goldberg, but when was the realization that you yourself were not a victim in all this, that you yourself were responsible? When did you take responsibility? I, I took responsibility when I left the structures, when I went out of the movement, and that came because I couldn't do any more. Yeah? I was 15 years in this structure. I was 15 years... Uh, national socialist, yeah, and my, my life was destroyed. Yeah, I had no job. Uh, it wouldn't be possible after Hitler from Cologne to to gain any acceptance in the the society um, to get a job or something else. And I was depressed. I became very depressed, and I I was struggling with my own comrades. Like I said. I imagined them as the best guys on earth, but I learned very, very quickly it's like Game of Thrones uh, from Wish ordered, yeah? yeah? And it was very hard 
to to be in the structure and with these guys and um, yeah i became very depressed and at that moment there was another uh, police action i i got uh, to jail another time and that was the point where i said I, I can't do that anymore, and I don't want that anymore, and I want to quit. And then I did something which is like in, in mafia structures, um, um, something you can't do as a leading guy. I cooperated with the police. And uh, that was the point when I was out completely because everybody who is in this scene said he's a traitor and... and uh, so, what, so what did you do? You cooperated with the police and gave them information in relation yes. to other individuals that were dangerous, possibly? Yes, yes. I, I talked with them. I, I told them everything I knew and said I want to quit. I want to go out and that's not my, my cup of tea anymore and I want to change my life. Okay. And yeah, you and, and did you, when you say you wanted to change your life, did you know that in your own mind, your views and your admiration of Hitler, your admiration of Hitler's policies, your admiration of the policies you thought were correct about, you know, being indigenously German, but, you know, otherwise you couldn't like them. Did you know all those, did you then realize all those things in your head were wrong? Or did you have not, to kind of force yourself not, to believe that? Not, not overnight. Yeah, yeah, when you see I was 15 years uh, a Nazi and you don't stand up in the morning and push a red button and you are a completely changed uh, human being, uh, it took a lot of time and I had a lot of help. I um, um, had um, a good contact to um, a pastor from the church who came to me and talked to me about my family, my personality structure, and I went to a program from um, the state, uh, especially for extremists, right-wing extremists, to go out and leave uh, the structures and uh, mm. yeah, live a good life. And I was for many years in these programs and uh, had a lot to, to face and a lot uh, to understand. And I, I can't point at the calendar and say now on May the 5th I, I was a new, new man because the the changing is a process yeah you you do it a lot of uh, of time is needed and it's like running a marathon love uh, a marathon run mm. yeah it's Ireland's classic hits radio I do apologize Axel we just lost you there before the break but we were at the point I suppose where you turned your life around and you're now helping other people I suppose and supporting other people who are in a similar situation to you I do. I make a lot of um, consultings. I have a YouTube channel. I wrote a book about my life and want to show the people it doesn't matter what you've done wrong. You can always do it better. And don't make the mistakes I made in my life. Yeah, life is too precious and um, you shouldn't waste it with hate and violence and with extremism. And that's my task I have in my mm. life now to show the people change is possible. And Even is there many, still many neo-Nazi groups in Germany now? Yeah, we, we have a lot of uh, neo-Nazis in Germany, but we have also a lot of other right-wing extremists. We have the so-called Alternative for Germany, the AfD, who is very popular right now. And uh, there are different... How, but, have we, but here's the thing, can I ask you? Have we diluted the word right wing? Because what happens in society now is it's kind of, it's really separated itself. Before you used to have a lot of centrists. Now you have extreme left and extreme right. Or maybe they're not really extreme left and extreme right. Maybe they're just people who have different viewpoints. 
and they just get called that because they might have a different viewpoint uh, in relation to, say, immigration, in relation to LGBT, in relation to whatever it happens to be. But they might have a slightly different viewpoint, but not hatred, but just a different viewpoint of the way policy should be done. And we immediately disregard it. We say, oh, they're just extreme right wing. Oh, they're just extreme left wing. Is that a case that sometimes we've diluted the words, you know, extreme right and extreme left? Yeah, sure, sure. We we always like in Germany to label people, yeah, and we, we don't talk um, anymore. We just say he's the enemy because he's right wing, he's uh, left wing and so on. And um, that that's a kind of problem. Separation is, is very deep in society at the moment. Um, but um, that that can't um, mm-hmm. just take us the, the responsibility to look at the things people say on the right and on the left, and when they are against the democracy, and when they they're not only telling their opinions, but they are uh, hate mongers. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're encouraging they're, violence. In other words, yeah, yes. they're encouraging violence or they're encouraging a system which isn't democratic anymore, so that everybody can live in it, and um, mm-hmm. that's a problem. And that's a problem we have. Uh, at, at a very wide range at the right wing. Yeah. And have you ran yourself now? For, I, I mean, are you encouraged now maybe to move into politics yourself in Germany? Uh, I'm, I'm a liberal and I support the Liberal Party in Germany, the Free Democrats, but I'm not a member and um, I, I think it's not my cup of tea to become a politician. I, I want to work there where it's, it's much more needed. Yeah, mm-hmm. to go to schools and, and tell the young people yeah, how precious democracy is and free speech is and how wrong it is to wish a dictatorship or to wish someone um, who cleans Germany or, or some stupid uh, things I told them when I was... It's uh, a lot more dangerous now, I suppose, with young for young people in particular because the internet, of course, social yeah. media, has made it so much easier for young people to be brainwashed into a certain way of thinking. It, it is, absolutely is. Yeah, and, and that's why, why uh, it is a great task we, we have to achieve in Germany uh, as well as in the rest of the, the Western world to look what our children are doing, to look what people are telling them when they go to TikTok, YouTube and so on, and to tell them as soon as possible what our um, thinking is yeah, as mm. Democrats, as liberals, as uh, people who want free speech and freedom for everyone possible. And I, again, as I said, you're, you're now a consultant speaker and you, you know, with anti an anti-violence trainer, you've got a certificate, you've got a YouTube channel, and maybe you should pronounce it because I will pronounce it wrong, but I think it's called the, the rights effect. How do you, yeah. how do you pronounce it? Rights, is it? Yeah, it's a, it's a little joke with my with my name. Yeah, because I'm Axel Reitz. It's my my name, mm. but it only means in, in Germany to trigger someone. And oh, okay. I, my my channel um, is there to trigger extremists. Yeah, it, it isn't um, only going uh, against right wing extremists. I'm against every kind of extremism. It doesn't depend if religious, of Islamic, or or Antifa or something else. Mm-hmm. Extremism is never good. There is no good extremism. No, nothing Nothing good comes from extremism. Nothing good. But look, it's been wonderful talking to you, and I'm delighted you turned your life around. 
I'm sure when you look back on your life, you're quite ashamed of some of the stuff you might have said in the past. Uh, but look, everybody deserves a second chance in life. Everybody deserves to be able to turn their life around and leave, you know, the past in the past, provided they, um, I suppose, repent in some way or they understand what they did was wrong at the time. And, and I wish you well. And I, I hope you have a continued successful career in looking after other people and teaching other people uh, the, the way forward. And the rights effect is the YouTube channel, and that's spelled R-E-I-T-Z, by the way, R-E-I-T-Z, if you want to go to the YouTube channel. Uh, Axel, it's been lovely talking to you. Listen, thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Thank you very much, and uh, have a good time. I wish everybody who was listening to me to see, even if you see someone you, you hate for what he's doing, always remember there is a human being yeah, behind it, and the human being can change every time he wants. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show.